Well, we're in the middle of this series, in case you haven't been with us, this is your first time. We're in the middle of this series called Motown, where we're taking the songs of Motown and telling the life story of Moses. And uh, it's been really interesting seeing what, uh, what they come up with every week, hasn't it? So it's been a, it's been a, really, it's been a really fun series, and we're going to wrap it up. Uh, you know, you know, Moses, you know, speaking of Motown, he did. He marched to the beat of a different drummer, and he changed the rhythm of a nation. He did. We know this about him. Anybody who's seen the Cecil B. DeMille film it knows it at least that much. But uh, today, we're going to learn that throughout his life, through this whole series, everything that we've seen throughout Moses' whole life, God said, I'll be there. And it was, it's just been amazing throughout this whole thing. We started this series with baby love, okay? See, Moses was supposed to be killed as a child. It was an edict that came from Pharaoh. And he was supposed to be killed. So they, they, they put him in a little basket and they floated him down the river. And who finds him? Pharaoh's daughter finds him. And she ends up wanting to adopt him. And they did so. He goes from going to be killed to adopted by royalty, Pharaoh's family. And then they hire somebody to take care of him. And who do they hire? Moses' mother. Oh, my gosh. Why? How did all this happen? Because God was there. And then we started off uh, on the the second one, and the the song was, what's going on? Marvin Gaye. You see, this one, when Moses grew up and he became an adult, uh, an Egyptian was uh, abusing a slave, a Hebrew slave, and he killed the Egyptian. See, Moses, Moses was a murderer. And so, well, he, he thought it was going to be a secret, and he buried the Egyptian in the sand, thought he could cover it up, but he couldn't. It got out, so he had to flee. And he, had to, he, he uh, fled to the desert. You know? And so this great man, this, this royalty, was humble. In front of God. You know, he had everything in the world and ended up being a shepherd. But through that, through that, God chose him to set his people free. Because God was there. And then we went on to Mercy, Mercy Me. Another great Motown song. And that's when once, once God had chosen Moses to set his people free. It's when all the plagues came. You know, remember all that? The river turned to blood. All the water turned to blood. Frogs and locusts, all that, all that awful stuff. And the, the last plague was the firstborn of everything was going to be killed. But again, God was there and provided the Passover where the people of Israel were able to get around that. And their firstborn wasn't killed. because God said, I'll be there. You put the little blood of the lamb on your doorpost, and the angel of death will pass over, because I'll be there. Then we went to higher ground. And this is where Pharaoh finally relented. Moses gathered the people together, and they were leaving. And God kind of took them the long way around. So here they come, and they came up to 
came up to the Red Sea. And there's no way of going forward. There's barren wasteland on one side and a mountain range on the other. They had nowhere to go. And who was behind it but Pharaoh and his army because they changed their mind. But again, God said, I'll be there and allowed the waters to part. And they were able to escape. Then we went on to sign, sealed, and delivered. And the Ten Commandments came. (laughs) And once again, God was right there. God was right there speaking to Moses. And he said, I'll be there. We went on to where did our love go? (laughs) One of my favorites. See, when Moses was up on that mountain getting the Ten Commandments, he was up there for a long time. And when he came down, well... He saw that his people were, had fallen and were worshiping a golden calf. After all they'd seen, after everything that they've been through, they fell once again after seeing God. But again, God was there. The people of Israel were spared. And so to wrap this up, what... What is the common theme? What's been happening throughout this entire process of Moses' life? You know, the song is, I'll be there. But if you listen, if you listen to it, there's a little prerequisite. A little, just a little prerequisite that, you know, I'll be there. But before that, what's it saying? Darling, reach out. Darling, reach out. Reach out, and I'll be there. And Moses, Moses knew how to reach out. What am I talking about? Prayer. Moses knew how to talk to God. You see, it was through prayer that Moses was chosen to free the Israelites. This this great man was humbled, and God chose him. And it was through Moses' prayer that those plagues were lifted off of Egypt. And it was through prayer, it was through Moses talking to God that the Red Sea parted. It hurt him. And when the people of Israel, when they were wandering in the desert, when they got hungry, it was through prayer that manna fell down and they were able to eat. It was through prayer that when the Israelites again grumbled about there not being enough water, they were thirsty. It was through prayer that water came from a rock, enough for everyone, a nation. And again, it was through prayer, through Moses' prayer, convincing God that the Israelites were spared after worshiping the golden calf, you know. So today I want to talk about, well, how 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 can we pray like Moses? What was it? What was it about his prayers that made them so effective? How come he, you know, almost always got his prayers answered? What was it? Exodus 33 says this. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Can you imagine having a relationship with God like that? You can. You know, I would love to be able to speak to God face to face like that. We can talk to him as our friend. But to get those audible answers right away, wouldn't that be cool? Man, I would love to have that. You know what? I, I wonder what that would be like. 
What do you say we find out? Take a look. Our father, who... Yes. Don't interrupt me. I'm praying. But you called me. Called you? I didn't call you. I was just praying. Our father, who art in heaven... There. There. You did it again. Did what? Called me. You said, our father, who art in heaven. Here I am. What's on your mind? I didn't really mean anything by it. I was, you know, just saying my daily prayers. I always say the Lord's Prayer. It makes me feel good. Sort of like getting a job done. All right. Go on. Hallowed be thy name. Hold it. What did you mean by that? By what? By hallowed be thy name. It it means... It means... (laughs) Good grief. How am I supposed to know what it means? It's just its just part of the prayer. By the way, what does it mean? Well, it means honored, holy, wonderful. Hmm. That makes sense. I never really thought about what Hallowood meant. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Do you really mean that? Sure, of course. Why not? What are you going to do about it? Do? (laughs) Nothing, I suppose. Although it would be rather good if you had control of things down here the same way you do up there. Well, have I got control of you? Well, I go to church. That isn't what I asked. What about that bad temper? You've really got a problem there, you know. Look, stop picking on me. I'm just as good as those hypocrites down at the church. Excuse me, but I thought you were praying for my will to be done. If that's to happen, it will have to start with the ones who are praying for it. Like you, for example. Alright, I suppose you're right. I I guess I do have a few hang-ups. Now that you mention it, I could probably name some others. So could I. You know... I really haven't given it much thought, but until now at least, but now I would really like to cut out some of those things. I'd really like to know how to be free. Good. Now we're getting somewhere. We'll work together, you and I. Some real victories can be won. I'm proud of you. Well, look, Lord, uh, I need to finish this up. This is taking a lot longer than it normally does. Give us this day our daily bread. You should probably cut the bread out. You're getting a little overweight as it is. Hey, wait a minute. What is this? Here I am doing my religious duty, and all of a sudden you break in and start reminding me of all my faults. Praying is a dangerous thing. You could end up changed, you know. That's what I'm trying to bring across to you. You called me, and here I am. It's too late to stop now. Keep on praying. I'm interested in the next part of your prayer. Well, go on. I'm scared to. Scared? 
Of what? I know what you'll say. Try me. We'll see. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. What about Peter Brown? See, I knew you'd bring him up. Look, Lord, he's been lying about me. And he's cheated me out of money. I swear I'm going to get even with him. But your prayer. What about your prayer? I didn't mean it. Well, at least you're honest. But it's not much fun carrying that load around of bitterness inside, is it? No. (laughs) But as soon as I get even, I'll feel better. (laughs) And I got plans for that, Peter. You won't feel any better. You'll feel worse. Revenge isn't sweet. Think of how unhappy you really are. But I can change all that. You can? How? Forgive Peter. Then I'll forgive you. Then the hate and sin will be Peter's problem and not yours. You may lose the money, but you will have settled your heart. It doesn't sound easy. But deep down, I really think it will be worth the effort. Thank you, Father, for working through this with me. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Maybe I need to rethink that face-to-face thing. I don't know. But, well, that's, re- that's really something, you know, what it would be like to have that kind of communication with God, you know. And when we look at Moses' life and his communication with the Lord, there's four things that we can see that were all about the way he prayed and the relationship he had with God and what we can learn from that. At least four things. The first thing I, we can tell you is the, is the pretty obvious one. Number one, Moses prayed, period. See, sometimes, you know, when we need to pray the most, we withdraw. Hmm. We withdraw from God. We withdraw from our friends, withdraw from our family. You know, at those very times that we need those people around us, particularly God. You know, when we're down, when we're sick, we've got troubles, we're angry. All those times, those are the times we withdraw, but those are the times we need God the most. So I know this sounds simple on the surface, but Moses prayed. And he prayed in times of trouble and sickness. And not only that, he prayed really specifically for the things that he wanted. You see, the more specific your prayers are, the greater you'll be blessed in the answer. So the point is, don't be vague when you're praying. James 4 says this, you do not have because you do not ask. Hmm. True words. Be specific. Throw away all those 
those, those, those Christian cliches that we hear all the time. You know, you know what, you know what I'm talking about? People pray, pray it's really flowery and stuff like that. That's all, it's all good. But God wants you to be honest. God wants you to tell him what's on your heart. Don't worry about how it sounds. Talk to him as a friend would to a friend. I love hearing little kids pray. Because there's just, they haven't, they, haven't, they haven't learned how yet. You know what I mean? And they just say what's on their mind. And it's so refreshing and honest to hear a kid pray like that. Ah. So pray. And pray specifically. The second thing we know about, about Moses is that, well, Moses was humble. We know he was humbled when he was when he fled after he murdered the Egyptian. Numbers 12 says this, Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. That's pretty humble. See, one of the reasons why I believe Moses had such a successful prayer life was that he was so humble. It took him a while to get there, but he was humble. You see, the Bible teaches real plainly the importance of humility in our prayers. You know, God's word says he opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. It says he will lift up the humble. It says those who humble themselves will be exalted throughout the scriptures. You see, God values the humble and he hears the prayers of the humble. He does. You see, I want you to see how closely humility and prayer is related in Second Chronicles. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Our land needs some healing right now, doesn't it? And I want you to notice something. I want to, I want to stay here for just a second. You know, God is, this is, this is God talking here. And the first thing I notice is, who's he talking to? If my people called by my name. That's us. It doesn't say, you know, if all those unbelievers would turn from their wicked ways, you know, if those, if, you know, if, if those Democrats, if those Republicans would just get it right, our land would be healed. Everything would be fine. No, that's not what God says. If my people, if we will humble ourselves and pray and what? And seek my face. Huh. Sounds a little bit like face-to-face communication, doesn't it? Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. You see, it all goes to, it all goes to motives. If you pray with the right motives, with humility, your motives are right. James 4 says this, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. You see, Moses had the welfare of his people in mind. His motives were right on target. So if you're going to ask in prayer, make sure your motives are right. It's in humility, not for some selfish reason, but for the best reason, for the glory of God. You see, 
So we've learned Moses prayed with humility. The third thing we know about Moses is Moses was a righteous man. James 5 says this, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Moses was righteous. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean to be, to, to, to be righteous? Does it mean right? Eus? Does it mean to be correct? Does it mean to be perfect? Does it mean to be without blame or sin? See, it has, being righteous has nothing to do with being perfect. You know, if God only answered the prayers of people that were perfect and blameless, you know how many prayers would get answered? Well, none, because we're we're all sinners. We're all in the same boat. See, we're not talking about perfection. We're talking about righteousness. And your, your righteousness comes from Christ when you became a believer. You see, you're not perfect. You're forgiven. Jesus took your blame on the cross and made you clean and whole. Scriptures say we clothe ourselves with Christ. So when God the Father looks at you, he sees the righteousness of Christ. That's where our righteousness comes from. That's what we talk about. We talk about righteousness. And you know what? Even Moses had the righteousness of Christ. Hebrews 11 says this, Moses regarded disgrace, humility, for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. That should make sense a little bit. See, we look back on Christ for the forgiveness of our sins and righteousness and our salvation. Those before Christ, like Moses, looked forward to their righteousness and their salvation, forgiveness of sins. So even Moses was in this righteousness of Christ. But I do want to say God does want us to have a clean life, doesn't want us to abuse this righteousness of Christ. He does want us to have a clean life. Psalm 66 says this, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. So there is a block there. You know, If you're harboring sin in your life, if there's something that you're not turning over to Christ, there's a block on your prayers. God doesn't hear. You know, if we willingly, knowingly keep doing something that we know is displeasing to God, how can we go to him for help? You know, it's like a teenager asking their dad for the car. Can I borrow the car? Oh, and by the way, I'm not going to listen to a word you say. (laughs) I'm not going to do what you ask. But God does want us to have a clean life. We need to have a clean life before him. Let me give you one more thing about this thing about righteousness. You see, Moses was truly obedient to God, but there was one instance where he disobeyed. The the, the nation of Israel, as they were wandering, um, they were grumbling that they needed water. And so Moses prayed and the Lord answered. And he told Moses to go to a rock and speak to it and water would come. And what did Moses do? He didn't do that. He walked up to the rock with his staff and he struck it twice. 
Now, it seems like a small thing, but Moses disobeyed. And that's the reason Moses, even though the nation of Israel went to the promised land, Moses didn't. He didn't set foot in it because he was disobedient to God. And thus, he didn't ever enter the promised land. So coming to God with a clean heart really is important. You find that throughout the scriptures. And the fourth thing we know about Moses is Moses prayed with faith. You know, when he prayed, he expected an answer. James chapter 1 says this, but when he asked, he must believe and not doubt. That's what praying in faith is all about. And Moses prayed with faith. We must believe and not doubt. See, when you come to God with a request, you have to believe that there's an answer coming. Trust him. Don't doubt. Really believe. See, the problem is we don't always get the answer we want. And like, not even Moses sometimes. But Moses did have faith that God would answer him even when he didn't get the answer that he wanted. There's a man got marooned on an island and he prayed and prayed and believed to be rescued and he asked God to send him a boat. Lord, send me a boat, please. Rescue me. And he sighted a boat. And he took his shirts and he put them on the end of a stick and he started waving them and waving them and yelling and jumping up and down. And the boat kept going. And he prayed, why, Lord, why? Why did you do that? I prayed for a boat. You sent it. I did everything I could think of to attract its attention and it's gone. And he was dejected. He turned. Started going back to the little hut that he made. And oh no, his fire that he had started caught his hut on fire. And his hut was burning down. He's like, Lord, what now? why are you doing this to me? I'm praying for rescue and you're burning down my shelter. And he was dejected and he just sat there, didn't know what to do. And then he heard the engines of the boat again. And they were coming back and they pulled right up to him. And they rescued him. Finally, when he recovered a little bit, he said, how did you guys find me? They said, well, we got your signal. He said, well, no, you didn't. I was out there waving and waving. He says, no, the smoke from the big fire that you set. If you hadn't done that, we'd have never found you. We don't always get the answer that we want but God does answer prayer. Believe God will answer, even though it's not what you're looking for. And throughout this whole long journey of Moses, we see that God always said, I'll be there. All Moses had to do was reach out. Reach out to the God of the universe with prayer. And God says, I'll be there. And the Lord will answer our prayers. He'll meet us where we are. And just like, just like God kept his promise to Moses and delivered the nation of Israel to the land of milk and honey, God will honor your prayers if we ask in humility, with a clean heart, 
and believe he will answer. Will you stand and pray with me? Lord, we ask that you hear our prayer today. There are many of us with prayers on our hearts, Lord. And we would ask that you would hear us, Lord. We're reaching out to you now. Father, I ask that you would hear us all. Father, come into our lives. Help us to seek your face and to be able to pray with you face-to-face, Lord, to have a conversation. Lord, to come into your presence knowing that you're there. We thank you, Lord, that you will answer our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen.